From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Good morning, I'm Malcolm White. I'm here with Carol Puckett. Today we will be your guide through the great Mississippi culinary landscape. Today we talk about the delicious but simple dish, red beans and rice. With its roots in Louisiana, Cajun and Creole cuisine, red beans can be found in restaurants with five stars, local greasy spoons, or even grocery stores. So like gumbo, everybody thinks their red beans and rice is the very best. So in the spirit of competition, let us know how you cook your red beans and rice, your recipe, and we'll talk about the upcoming Red Beans and Rice Festival happening this Saturday at the Renaissance. If you want to join the conversation, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Hello, Mal. How are you this morning? Man, it's a beautiful Monday morning. The leaves are dropping. The temperature is dropping. I think there's just a slight hint of fall in the air. Gosh, that would be great. It's been a scorcher this year. Not only hot, but dry, my friend. I know. It's we had had like a one minute sprinkle mm. yesterday about seven. Yeah. Well, anyway, how, that doesn't do much for the crops, I imagine. It for does poor not. People trying to grow stuff. But how about us? How was your eating over the weekend? Well, I was week? in Santa Fe this weekend, oh my gosh, and I so forgot. I had some really amazing food. And you told me I would come home with peppers in my pocket, and, and? I did, in fact, Ooh. and brought you a ristra. A ristra. A, a ristra, which is a pepper string. All right. And those are little chilies de arbol, chilies de arbol, and you can use them in your cooking this week. And you hang them uh, in the kitchen window yeah, or out back. Just like a braid of garlic. When you just need it. yank it off when you need it. Wow, this is great. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to soups in the oh, fall yeah. and the gumbos so and stews. What did and you such. eat this weekend? Well, I was on the road quite a bit. Uh, I was up in Oxford. I was in Carrollton. We put a uh, writer's marker up in Carrollton uh, for Elizabeth Spencer, the great Elizabeth Spencer. Uh, So so I ate some uh, barbecue there in Carrollton on the square, uh, which is the Carrollton pilgrimage. Uh, I ate at the snack bar and saw our good buddy Vish on Friday night. Vish, who won the James Beard Award for Best Chef South. Right. And Vish came out and uh, addressed our group, which was the South Arts Board of Directors, which South Arts is the Southern Regional uh, Arts uh, Agencies of the United States. But he served a fabulous meal. Uh, I had a shrimp, okra, tomato, and grits dish that was outstanding. Outstanding. Wow. Hats off to Vish. And then uh, Kara yesterday decided she was going to make a tart. So she cooked a apple, pear, and plum preserved tart and made a beautiful uh, uh, dish there. And, and it was just delicious. So I've been eating a tart for a couple of days, watching baseball and such. Well, my favorite dish from Santa Fe was a pupusa, which is it's a Salvadoran dish, but I had never had one that was homemade. I buy them frozen and, you know, have tried to get on a pupusa bandwagon for years. But it's a 
a flat corn cake that's stuffed with beans, and um, it was fabulous. But huh. have you been down to the fair yet or gotten to eat any fair food? I've driven past the fair a number of times since it uh, arrived. But uh, I tell you, I've got a, uh, got a friend who's uh, down there working the fair, uh, Chef Fatty Flambeau. Fatty Flambeau is uh, from South Louisiana, but he travels with the fair. He's semi-retired. He he doesn't cook anymore. He, he's cooked a lot in his past, but currently he's the host of the Haunted House. And uh, I asked him if he could give us a special fair report uh, about the food, because that's what we're interested yeah, in. Yeah, and I mean, what a multitasker, the Haunted House and a chef. So, uh, Chef Lambeau, are you there? I'm here. Man, thank you so much. for how, How's it going down there at the fair? Oh, it's good. We're about halfway through. Um, I, I, I was going to tell you, I bet you that uh, the fair food is probably quite a contrast to what Carol had in Santa Fe. Uh, I would think that's right, Chef. It sounds quite differently. Well, what are you eating down there? What are folks lined up for down there? Well, when you first walk in the front gate, the first thing you see at the Mississippi State Fair is a pig racetrack. And the two pigs that were about to race last night were <laughs> Hammer, Montana, uh-huh. and my favorite pig, in fact, the winner of the race, was Piggy Smalls. Oh, Piggy Smalls, yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't, I believe she won last year, didn't she? I believe she did. She's a perennial winner. Well, that got me thinking about pork, of course. And, uh, but then I, I got sidetracked after that because the, the next thing you see is a booth where they're giving away free biscuits. With syrup. Oh. Free biscuits. Free. Free? I fair does it. It's a real deal, too. They're big old nice fresh-made biscuits, and they put a fresh cane syrup on them. Are these cat heads? Cat head biscuits. Cane syrup. They give them away for free. It's an appetizer, kind wow. of a warm-up for what's coming. Yeah. Right, pretty much. They well, cut me off after four. <laughs> Well, I know you love a good biscuit, uh, Chef. I do. And I know in your day you used to cook a lot of biscuits, too. I sure did. I eat them now, though. Yeah. So you're traveling uh, with the fair, and you've been in Jackson for a week or so now. And, and I believe your current uh, job is you're hosting the Haunted House. Is that right? Well, I'm a ticket taker. Pretty <laughs> low-stress job. Yeah. I bet that's a lot less stressful than working in a kitchen. Yep. I'll so, tell you one thing, Malcolm, about the fair is you can get anything on a stick. Oh, and I guess that makes sense. You know, fair logistics, everybody walking around and such. One of my favorite places down there is a place called a Wild West Cowboy Wagon. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's new. Uh, you can get rattlesnake on a stick. No. Or, yep, rattlesnake or even elk. What about you moccasin? What about moccasin? I don't think moccasin. Just rattlesnake. You know, tastes like chicken. Right. I don't know about the elk. I hadn't tried the elk. I guess that rattlesnake must be farm-raised. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Nothing worse than, than you know, wild Wild rattlesnake. It could be gamey. Right. Well, what, what else are you eating down there? Well, you got your deep-fried Oreos. Mm-hmm. You Ooh. heard about them? Yeah. They just batter up an Oreo cookie and fry it up. It's pretty good. And for the health conscious, if you're kind of into that, uh, I guess you're at the wrong place to begin with, but... They got frozen bananas dipped in chocolate. Oh, now and then they got roasted corn. Have you seen that that booth? Yeah, I love the corn. Now. Oh yeah, it's good. Roasted over an open fire right down there, and it's good. You see people all walking all up and down the midway with with them ears of corn, just holding the shuck. Yep. 
I mentioned pigs earlier. Yeah, you did. Yeah, if you're a pork lover, you can get every kind of sausage sandwich and on demand from Polish to Cajun. They got Anything on the stick? Uh, yeah, on the stick. Well, uh, uh, the sandwiches aren't. You probably need to sit down to eat one of them. But they got hot dogs on a stick, corn dogs. You got one. You can get you one of those about every thirty feet. Right. And of course, you can get your root beer float to go with that. I was going to ask you if they had any drinks down there. Oh yeah, got every kind of drink you can imagine. Music. Got milk too. If you with them biscuits. Oh really? Oh, really? Milk. Is that yeah. like the Dairy Farmers Association? Yeah, right there beside the biscuit booth, you can get a milk. Well, what? they may be milking those cows in the livestock exhibit. Well, speaking of that, the Beef Council has a big booth down there. You can get a steak sandwich, beef, hot dogs, burgers. they all good. I mean, real good, too. But I was a little bit concerned. That booth is right across from the livestock show barn. Oh, no. Where all the prize cattle's paraded around. I thought that a bit insensitive. Yeah. But the cows didn't seem to. Maybe mind. we'll speak to the commissioner about uh, a relocation of that for next well, year. Well, they all looked happy. I went in there and looked at them. They didn't seem to be concerned. What about a ride? You, you get on any of the rides? Not after eating all them biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. Have y'all oh, ever had a funnel cake? Well, tell me about it. I have, but I they shape like a funnel, aren't they? No, that's what I thought. I thought it, you know, looked like what's on top of the tin man's head, but it that's not what they are. They're a little weaved, a little flat thing that kind of weaved around almost like a waffle or something there. But anyway, I asked them about that, and they said that what they do, they take the batter and they put it in this uh, this device, and it comes, they squeeze it out like out of a funnel, and then they 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 make the shape. Wow. They yeah. drop it in hot oil. I mean, it's dough and, and fat. It's absolutely delicious. And I think it came from up north somewhere in the Midwest and migrated down hmm. here. Yeah. They put that powdered sugar on it after that, too. That'll make anything good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could you could eat an old tire with uh, powdered sugar on it. Yeah. Well, uh, Chef, we do appreciate the call in and checking in. Now, the fair runs through the 14th. Is that right? Yeah. I, you don't want to miss So Let me tell you one more thing. Yeah. They got a place down there called the Silver Dollar Bakery. You can get a cinnamon roll down there that'll that'll knock your socks off and get you a milk there, too, to go with your cinnamon roll. I talked to the lady that runs it. She's from Oklahoma. Hmm. They do. They come to Mississippi. They've been here for probably 10, 15 years, and then when they leave here, they go to Shreveport, I believe, for their fair, and then they're done for the season. They head back home to Oklahoma, but that's the best thing down there. Well, Chef Fatty Flambeau from the Mississippi State Fair, thanks for the report, and we'll see you down at the Haunted House. See you there. Take good care, my friend. It's time for a break here on Deep South Dining. We'll be back, and we're going to talk about red beans and rice and uh, about the upcoming uh Bank Plus Red Beans and Rice Festival this Saturday. And I was wrong about the location. It's at St. Andrew's Episcopal School in Ridgeland, Carol. Nice catch, Malcolm. Yeah, so we're going to take a break. Come back if you want to talk. one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Carol and I will be right back. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. 
Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White. I'm here with Carol Puckett. And listen, uh, we have a very special guest in the studio, Chef LeBron Alexander. Chef Great. LeBron. Is that right? Great job, yes. Man, thank you so much for being here. Now, you're the executive chef uh, at Blue Cross Blue Shield. I am. Uh, I operate the Blues Cafe, which is our on-campus dining facility for the employees of Blue Cross. And speaking of Blue Cross Blue Shield, Carol, you are a board member. I am, and I've gotten to, to uh, sample Chef LeBron's uh, cooking many, many times. And it is fine. It is healthy. Um, it's flavorful. It's yeah. diverse. And I wish you could open a blues cafe in Jackson somewhere because <laughs> I would be there all the time. Well, thank you, Carol. You, you know it, it could happen. It could yeah. happen, yeah. Could happen. We need a lot more healthy cooking. I agree. Well, Chef LeBron, besides being the executive chef uh, out at Blue Cross Blue Shield, you're going to enter the Bank Plus Red Beans and Rice cooking uh, festival activities this weekend for the very first time, right? It'll be my first time. And what are you expecting out there? Uh, expecting some great results, expecting to win, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. the goal. Um, but we're definitely bringing our A game, and we're going to do what we do at Blue Cross and Blue Shield, is try to take a traditional dish and put a spin on it, a blue spin. A blues but healthy spin, right? Definitely. So you're not going to use the the pork, the fat, the tasso. The we're not. We're not. We're actually we're going to keep it traditional. We're going to uh, incorporate a pork product. Okay. But we won't be using uh, the the traditional uh, pork, the bone, the the shank mm-hmm. that, that normally goes in it, which is derived from. The day before, which is isn't once familiar with how the, the dish originated. Yeah, and, and let's talk a little bit about that. Red beans and rice is considered a Monday dish, mm-hmm. and here we are. It's Monday, definitely. And you know the origin of that was you had your ham for Sunday lunch, mm-hmm. saved that ham bone, and cooked some beans on Monday while you were doing laundry. Yes. So it's a laundry dish. Yeah, but at my house growing up, my grandmother did that, except she cooked boxcar lima beans with the leftover ham and cornbread, but not red beans, not kidney beans. Did she put it over rice? Yes, but it was it was a different sort of beans and rice dish. It was We called it boxcar, or lima, boxcar lima beans. So we're using camellia beans, which is probably the more traditional mm-hmm. bean. Yeah. And our, one of our spins that I can derive the, the, the secret recipe for, we're going to use brown rice. Oh, brown rice. Oh, brown rice. That's a top. That's top secret. That's like, but you know, camellia beans are a New Orleans, big New Orleans thing. And years ago, or several years ago, we couldn't get them in Jackson. Hmm. But ninety-five percent of the beans in New Orleans that are sold are camellia beans, and so they're it's a camellia, premium. A type of bean or a brand? It so is a brand. Exactly, but it's, it's a red bean. Okay, it's yeah. a kidney bean. Mm-hmm. It's a red bean, but it's called uh, a premium. Bean, and they have their own standard. I think it's it's the Hayward Company is is the parent company okay. of of Camellia, and it's called the Hayward Standard. And they're very uniform in size, and they're pretty fabulous. And all the stores in Jackson carry them now. Excellent. So, Chef LeBron, you uh, did you grow up in? In Jackson? I did not. I'm actually from Greenwood, but I've been living in Jackson for the last 30 years. I came here after high school and uh, went to college at Tougaloo, and then from there I got a degree in culinary arts from Heinz under the tutelage of uh, Kathleen Bruno, which I'm sure right. you're familiar with, and her and her husband, uh, Louie. 
And uh, I've been cooking for the last 22 yeah. years professionally. I, I worked with Kathleen Bruno at Viking Range. Okay. She actually was a recipe developer definitely, for yes. us. And, boy, what a talented woman. She's definitely that. My now, mentor. you studied political science at Tougaloo. How did you get from political science to food science? Well, uh, you know, when, while in political science at Tougaloo, I just... I used to watch this show on, a, I think it was on, a, maybe on PBS. It was called Great Chefs of the South. Yeah, Great Oh, yeah, that? I remember it. And um, Nick Apostle was on there. So he was talking about his, his old restaurant, Nick's. Hell, yeah. And um, I just got inspired from there. And uh, the, the political science thing, I really didn't have an idea which way I was going with it. And I left, I left Tougaloo and went to Jackson State. And while at Jackson State, that's kind of where I just developed a love for cooking. And I wanted to uh, find some ways to do it professionally, and I stumbled up on Heinz on, on Sunset and Kathleen Bruno's first class, and from there, I'm here with you, Malcolm. Well, so, Malcolm, you're really involved with that Heinz cooking program. <clears throat> yeah, we have a scholarship program out there, uh, Hal and Mouse does it, uh, to honor my brother Hal and my dad, Harold White, who was a junior college, community college president. And uh, we've put quite a number of students through that program. Our scholarship is a little bit unique. We ask that they work at Hallamouse so that when they graduate, they not only have sort of a, a book learning and knowledge, but they also have some real uh, firing line knowledge of having worked in a restaurant. Well, you need that. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, you're putting a lot of red beans cooks out in the community because Hallamouse, to me, has the best red beans and rice in Jackson. Okay, I know I'm not oh biased, boy. but I've been eating them a long time. <laughs> well, you know, we did win the very first uh, red beans and rice cooking festival. Oh, well, do tell, do tell. How, yeah, how, how was, do you win? 19, <laughs> 1995. 1995, the first uh, red beans and rice festival, Hallamouse won the uh, first place for the restaurant division. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Chef, all we did was took the recipe that we cook every day, all day. Mm -hmm. We took it down, set it up, and cooked it right there and won. Wow. Uh, it was interesting back in those days, in the early, mid-'90s. You know, we would win one year, and then Quesera, Boo Noble Boo would Noble, win. Boo Noble, yeah. We would win the Gumbo Festival one year, then okay. Boo Noble would win it the next. We'd win Red Beans one year, then Boo. So we were kind of back and forth with the sort of Louisiana cuisine. Yeah, I tell you who else day. makes a mean Red Beans is Derek Emerson. They serve their Monday dish at Local 463 and at Walker's. So, I mean, he's got some good stuff going on there, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're such a, a very versatile uh, bean to use in so many ways. But red beans and rice, as we know it, is a great side dish. It's a great entree. Uh, it's a great celebration dish. It's easy. It's fun. Uh, everybody who makes it makes it their own way. Some people use tasso. Mm -hmm. Some people use ham. Some people... Uh, you know, use various spices and seasonings. Sausage. Always sausage. Always oh, yes. sausage. Oh, yes. Do you have a type of sausage to use? We're going to use a local. We're going to use, we're gonna use a country pleasing, actually. Uh -huh. You like country pleasing? Yeah, I do. I very much like country pleasing. It's a great local. And then some people like pokes because picky people pick pokes. Picky people pick pokes. You so, know, I remember sausages. reading in your Helen Mal's book, you said that the first two pots on the stove when you and Hal opened Hal and Mal's with beans and rice. Yep, and gumbo. Okay. The first two pots, one was red beans and the other one was gumbo. That was the two things that Hal and I were pretty sure we knew a little bit about and that would serve us well. 
And still serving them after all these years. After How many years has it been? 35 years. Uh, oh, my God. This coming year, it's 35 years of Howlin' Mouse. That's a long, testament. long time. It's a great food. It's a long time. Now, how long have you been uh, a chef at Blue Cross? I've Blue been chef? there 12 years. Been there 12 years. And uh, we, I've actually been there from when we served a more traditional food. Mm-hmm. Where, and then we transitioned over to uh, more healthier types of food where, you know, we, we keep it as close to the vest as possible because people are still trying to enjoy breakfast and lunch. But we make a conscious effort to incorporate as many healthy and trendy items as possible. So you feed the employees, is yes, that right? Yes. It's, it's not it's, open it's, to the public. No, employees. And how many employees does Blue there, Cross Blue Shield have? There are 500 employees there. Uh, we probably feed roughly half of them daily. <laughs> and um, get a lot of uh, instant feedback about about food. Now, Tell us a little bit about the foods that you cook, because you're cooking for a lot of people every day. Mm-hmm. And we're not calling it a cafeteria, because that's not what it is. Definitely. We refer to it as a cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the food mimics um, the culture. And you know, Blue Cross, the leader in health and wellness, and a proud sponsor of this weekend's uh, Red Beans and Rice Cook-Off, I must say. And uh, some of the things that we do, we, we do a lot of salads. We do a lot of grilled foods. We don't have anything that's fried. We don't have anything that's uh, overly saturated in fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do a lot of healthy cooking. And you have a healthy price incentive at, at your we do. establishment, uh, So right? you know how uh, there, there's a meme that kind of fits our culture. Um, if you've seen um, this meme on, on, online where you see um, um, unhealthy food is inexpensive right. and healthy food is considered expensive, right? Right. They, we kind of flip it where, you know, we make the more, the healthier foods more affordable for the employees of Blue Cross because we're trying to look out for their health. So that's, right. that's kind of how we do it. So yeah, Carol, Blue good. Cross really, really does walk the talk. Definitely. I mean, the culture is, you know, throughout the company, there's, you know, exercise track, mm-hmm. exercise classes for employees, healthy eating. I really, you know, respect what you guys are doing out there. Those are great. The leadership is top notch. And, Talk a little bit about the transition from just typical cafe food to the healthy. Okay, so, you know, um, obviously when you think of Blue Cross, I guess, for the last, I don't know how long the company's been a company, but when you think of the word Blue Cross Blue Shield, you think of insurance, right? right. So we transitioned from a, being an insurance company to a wellness company. So with that transition, the whole culture and everything about it changed. Uh, CEO definitely had a conversation with me in regards of, to our our food. So we were doing a lot of white rice, white pasta, uh, traditional dressings that are made with you know uh, different fats and things of that nature. So she definitely identified some things that we could make some changes in. Uh, we instantly got that done, and from there, we incorporated a lot more juices and different type of kombuchas and, and baked chips and things of that nature. So we did the things that we could do locally and easily with help from Cisco and some of our other vendors. Uh-huh. And we made the, the, the transition pretty smoothly. Do you cook with kombucha or just serve it as a beverage? As a beverage. But I, I've definitely made some salad dressings with kombucha. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I figured I figured it would be more versatile than just yeah. as a beverage. Mm-hmm. It would be tasty and, and give some acid. Definitely. Do you yeah. serve red beans and rice on Monday? We, we, well, we, we don't serve it on Monday. We, okay. we do serve it on some Mondays, but this week we're serving it on Wednesday. Okay. All right. We want to kind of mix it up a little bit. Definitely. So what's your strategy for the contest? The strategy is to 
is to take the beans, make them very creamy, uh, and then build on the flavor potential. So we know that everybody is going to use the Trinity, right? So everybody knows what the Trinity is. That's that's um, onion, celery, and bell pepper. So we're going to do a little spin on, on the Trinity. We're going to incorporate, the, the like I said again, the, the brown rice is going to be the, the, the rice that we'll end up choosing. And then we're going to build up it, the flavor with some... Um, some secret ingredients. Some secret ingredients. Some secret ingredients. Brown rice. Mm-hmm. Be your base. own trinity. Yes. And a few secret ingredients. That's right. All right. And Chef and LeBron. Please and sausage. Ah, yes. Chef LeBron Alexander. Stick around from Blue Cross Blue Shield. We're going to take a little break. This is your moment. We ask if you are holding on to a family recipe, to a secret recipe for red beans and rice. Give us a call if you have suggestions about things that you use, that you add to your dish. Things you don't use, things that you think other people like, give us a call, 1-877-672-7464. Carol and I, along with Chef LeBron Alexander, will be right back to talk about red beans and rice. Welcome back to Deep South Dining, Malcolm White, along with Carol Puckett and Chef LeBron Alexander from Blue Cross Blue Shield. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. We're talking red beans and rice, and the reason we're talking red beans and rice is because this Saturday, Carol. This Saturday is the Red Beans and Rice Festival, sponsored by Bank Plus, and it is Saint, at St. Andrew's School. At the St. Andrew's School. You Not know, Malcolm, re- I actually judged the first Red Beans and Rice. Oh, boy. And, and it was not pretty. It was <laughs> it was the the first year it was down in Smith Park. Yeah. And yeah, they had a whole panel of judges. And I remember Robert St. John was a judge and uh, they didn't go by judging rules. Nobody hmm. had the sense to look up how you judge a food contest. And there were forty something red beans and rice uh stands <sighs> and we had to taste all 40-something beans. Now, in a normal judging, you would send out teams, and each team would maybe taste eight. Mm -hmm. And then you come back together, and you pick the best ones from those eight, and you go from there. But eating 40-something beans, there were a lot lot of the judges got sick. Even one, I'm not going to name any names, ended up at St. Dominic's Hospital. (laughs) There were some bad beans out there. We're not expecting any bad beans from no. Chef LeBron. And you know what bad beans produce. Well, 40 uh, tastings of great beans would kill a person. Uh, yeah, and, and it wasn't the bad beans <laughs> that, that hurt. It It was just the amount of beans. All right, we've got a caller. We've got Larry calling in from Jackson, friend of Chef LeBron's. Hello, Larry. What's up? How you doing, guy? You all right? I'm good. Okay. Uh, Chef Alexander. Hey, Sheriff, uh, Chef Larry Love. How you doing, guys? You all right? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's, it's, it's good to hear you. It's, it's good to hear you still uh, doing what we, we, the things we talked about, and and, and clearly you've you made significant progress. Yes, sir. Uh, 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 it's, 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 it's encouraging to know that uh, you know somebody other than myself gets it in terms of providing as much as possible. <laughs> healthy food. Oh, yes. I, I just want to uh, commend you for doing it and sticking with it, LeBron. Thank you, sir. You now, Larry, you're a chef also? 
I'm I'm a live food chef. LeBron, Le, Le, uh, Chef Alexander would tell you what that means. <laughs> where, where do you work? Well, right I, right now, uh, we're I'm, I'm actually not working anywhere. I'm, I'm in. I had a restaurant downtown. It was uh, Liquid Light Cafe. It right. was uh, a, a live food restaurant. Um, and, and quite simply, live food simply means that nothing. I don't cook food. We prepare food. It's never exposed to heat above 118 degrees Fahrenheit. We, we, don't, we don't use ovens. We use dehydrators uh, uh, to give the food uh, a, a, a cooked uh, appearance. Uh, but 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 the food is not cooked in, in the conventional sense of the word. And so right now we're in some preliminary negotiations with to uh, perhaps. Uh, Get started again. I don't know if I'm, I'm up to it, uh, uh, but we'll see. Uh, so we're, well, I uh, certainly hope so. That, <laughs> boy, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. Well, we appreciate you calling in, and good luck with your next venture. And absolutely, uh, absolutely. All, all right, uh, LeBron, take care. All right. Hmm? That's if an I interesting could, take on cooking. It is, it is. Or not cooking. Well, yeah, and if I could jump in there, this yeah. is Java in the hey, booth. Java. I actually ate at the Liquid uh, Light Cafe when it was downtown, and for him to uh, say it wasn't cooked, I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was some it was some really good vo- get really good food of uh, like plant based. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to it may say everything was vegan. Yep. It was it was delicious. And there was, I, I wish it would come back, maybe. Come on, well, Larry. Well, I hope we get, get him back in business, really. Yeah, sure, sure. Larry has some very interesting concepts. Uh, he and I developed a friendship, and uh, he actually was one of the pioneers with the plant-based diet craze. Yeah, and speaking of the plant-based, uh, the plant-based burger is quite the rage. Yes, yes, uh, and we're actually about to, uh, to about to feature it at Blue Cross. So we, we partnered with Cisco and the Impossible Foods Company, and um, got some samples sent in, and we uh, gave a little some blind testing of it at, at Blue Cross, and people seem to take take interest in it. So we're about to to roll it wow. out just like uh, the well, rest of the you country. know, here in Mississippi, we just passed some very weird law about not being able to call call it a burger, call it a burger right. but. I'm calling it a veggie burger. I, I, I love veggie burgers. I had one last night. We have a law for everything. I know that that's coming from the uh, from the cattle industry. Definitely. Ah, but I want to just say it three times: a veggie burger, veggie burger, veggie burger. And there you have it. So let's get back to red beans and rice. Let's talk about techniques. And uh, you know, some people take the dry beans, they soak them overnight in water. Mm-hmm. Some people put them straight into the water and turn on the Turn on the gas. How do you do them, Chef? We, we brine them. So we'll take, um, you know, some water and some kosher salt, and then we'll brine the beans overnight, and that's to prevent them from splitting during the boiling process. So uh, once we, we'll, we'll wash the water off them and the salted water, and then we'll boil them in the combination of chicken stock. So you don't want them to split? No. Okay. You, do you like them to split? Yes. I take them high. Well, whatever happens in the cooking process is fine with me. Okay. But, but that's cool that you keep them. But then you cream them. I heard mm-hmm. you talking about we creaming. We do cream them. We do cream them. So we'll, we'll take half of them and leave them whole, and then we'll take the other half and cream them just to give it that, uh, you know how they look like, kind of like gravies on them? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's, that's kind of the desired texture that our population Likes. Well, I, we had a Facebook post about the the red beans and rice show today, and somebody uh, posted that they take a, a can of refried beans mm-hmm. and stir them into their red which beans. Is, which you could accomplish that by allowing half of those beans that you cook 
to cook longer mm-hmm. and just so you're doing up. like your own refried beans. Exactly. Uh, another way to make beans creamy is to add a tablespoon or so of oil at the end. That's a technique that a lot of people use. Okay. Okay. I always pull a few out when I'm cooking them at home. I pull a few out and I take a fork and I just muddle them mm-hmm. and make a creamy paste, and then I pour that back into my beans right at the end to give them that creamy texture. And some people don't like them creamy. They I mean, do some not. people, right. you know, really like a, a more stout bean, and I like that too. What about tasso? Now, I love my brother particularly loved to to use tasso, which is a pork product. Mm-hmm. It is a smoked, brined, sugared pork meat. I believe it's from the shoulder. Yep. Typically, a South Louisiana product. Do you use it at all? We don't. We don't. Um, so our fat that we use, we'll, we'll use olive oil so mm-hmm. it's a, for a more healthier fat. And to get that smoked flavor that the tasso would, right. add, would add to the dish, we'll probably use like a smoked turkey wing or leg. Huh. And then take it out at the end? Mm-hmm. Or we, we probably even add Just the meat to it. I mean, I don't think uh-huh. no one would mind the, the turkey meat being in it right. as a, an additional protein. Now let's talk about rice. So some people mess up the rice. They overcook it. It's gummy. It's not fluffy. Mm-hmm. Are you a, a rice... Connoisseur? Uh, I am. I like I like popcorn rice. I like wild rice, white rice. Uh, but again, at Blue Cross, we're using brown rice, mm-hmm. and uh, we bake it. Bake it. Tell us about how you bake, bake brown it. rice. Yeah, we bake it. So we um, we'll take a the our ratio is one to one and a half, mm-hmm. and um, we will just bake it till it, the water uh, dissipates and just fluff it with a fork at the end. I mean, you bake it like in a casserole dish. Mm-hmm. Three fifty. Three fifty for about. 30 minutes, 35 minutes. We Just to all out, the liquids yep, absorb. Let it steep, and then next thing you know, boom, voila, it's done. <laughs> well, I learned to make rice many, many years ago in Southeast Asia. And, you know, that, that's the rice capital over there, oh, yeah. one of the rice patties. And I was taught two to one. Okay. So you put two cups of water in one cup of rice, salt it if you want to, bring it to a boil mm-hmm. immediately, well, stir it and immediately cut down the heat, put a lid on the pot for 13 minutes. Do not open the pan until 13 minutes or don't let it don't sit on the Don't take the top stove. off for 13 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's steeping, exactly. I guess. Yeah, and, and that, that's worked for me. Everybody has their own little thing. Well, yeah, and, and you know, when I'm using just traditional white rice, I would yeah. definitely do two to one. But with the, we found that the, the brown rice seems to get a lot more uh, overcooked if you use that traditional recipe. So we cut the water a little bit just to allow it to be the, the kernels to be a little bit firmer. You know, I'm looking forward, forward to trying that because brown rice is so much healthier because it actually has more of the hull mm-hmm. on it and more of the ingredients, more of the nutrients yes. than, than white rice. Now, did white rice once upon a time, be was it brown rice? How do you know. get it from brown to white, uh, or is it different rice? Like I think it's two be, different rices. And then okay. the, there's got to be a, like a bleaching process that goes yeah. through it, right? Yeah, I would think like sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, there's brown sugar and then there's white, white sugar. sugar. Right. Anybody's an expert on uh, how rice. Well, you know, we need to to have some of the rice farmers from yeah. up in the Delta 
you know, come and talk to us sometime. You know, they just had the big rice feed at Delta State, which we missed. We've got to go next year in September, where they have a whole the floor of the Coliseum with different rice, rice. dishes because rice is such an important part of the Mississippi Delta agriculture. And Uncle Ben's is in Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Greenville, yeah. Greenville. Oh, Sorry, whoops. Oh, oh, but we love Greenwood. <laughs> I know we love Greenwood. <laughs> oh, you both lived in Greenwood. Yeah, I, I worked for Viking Range. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Viking is a great product. Yeah, it it is. We had a had a wonderful time. So you went to high school there too. I went to high school in Greenwood at Greenwood High. Have uh, definitely participated at the the cooking school on Howard across from the Alluvian. Okay. So yes. Yeah, that was that was my area of Viking was the Alluvian, the spa, the cooking school. Mm-hmm. And the retail store. So yeah, my, you've been my, working my, with some good people yes, up there. Yes, my friend, uh, Chef Cam, is the chef at the Gardenia's, the, the restaurant inside okay, the Louvre. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I you get were his over menu that at one every time. week. Yes, I was over, over Gardenia. I mean, it was part of our complex, mm-hmm. but I get his menu every week. They send it out on, on Monday, and mm-hmm. even though I'm not there, I love to see what he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's pretty talented. Yeah, we, we should have him up here well, somewhere. We, yeah, yeah. Now, Chef LeBron, you went when you were at Tougaloo, you were studying political science. Yes. But you decided to change over and become a culinary man, but you ended up in the governor's mansion, not by being elected, but by being the chef. Yeah, well, not being the chef, assisting the chef. So, assisting so, the chef. So, so Louis Bruno was the chef, and uh, he, obviously he, Kathleen Bruno was his wife, and she was my instructor at Heinz. So she would take members of her class to go and help do special projects that Louis had going on at the oh, mansion. Okay. So from there, he would, you know, he became so popular and his food became so great right. and so well-renowned that he would have so many parties that he would always need help. And me and some other classmates would get the opportunity to work with him, and then we would just continue working with him until he left to go and open up uh, Bruno's. Bruno's. Yes. And what governor was this under? Oh, we worked under three. We worked under Kirk Fordyce. Um, it was Fordyce. Musgrove? Musgrove. And we left Haley Barber? Haley Barber's uh, inauguration. We, that, was, that was the final event that we did, and Louis left there and opened up Bruno's in the quarter. Wow. And and how, that went on for a number of years. Yeah, yeah that, it, that it, was, it was, was one of my favorites yes, in Jackson. It was a great restaurant. It was Bruno's eclectic the cuisine, cuisine yes. and he really brought a lot of new flavors, especially Latin flavors. Right, he was cutting edge with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was in uh, the, um, the quarter. The quarter. Right it was in the quarter. On Lakeland Drive, right? Yeah. Wow, old Chef Louis Bruno. Bruno. Oh, yeah, that's the man. He was your one of your mentors. Definitely, uh-huh. definitely. All right, great. So let's take another break here. Uh, again, we... We're talking about red beans and rice, and we're certainly going to celebrate the festival coming up this weekend at St. Andrews. Also, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Gumbo Festival, which, uh, let's see, where is that rascal? And we've also got a tamale festival We've got the tamale up. festival. That's right. That's the one I wanted to mention. Up in uh, Greenville at the E.E. E. Bass is the mashup, and then the tamale festival in downtown Greenville. Uh, that's Main Street, uh, Greenville. I believe is where more information is. The Delta Hot Tamale Festival, October 17 through 19. Visit MainStreetGreenville.com for more information. And also the Bank Plus Red Beans and Rice Festival this weekend at St. Andrew's School. We're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to talk about red beans and rice and other dishes that maybe are happening out at Blue Cross Blue Shield. If you have suggestions, recipes, or questions, give us a call, 1-877-672-7464. 
no matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone. Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White along with Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Hey, Mal. How you doing, Mal? I'm doing great. Also in the studio, we have Chef LeBron Alexander from Executive Chef of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Blue Shield Blues Cafe. Mm, Blues Cafe. Blues Cafe. Welcome back. All right, we've got a few callers on the line here. We're talking mostly about red beans and rice, and this caller is Renee from Utica asking about soaking the beans. Hello, Renee. Hi. How you doing? I'm all right. Well, good. Thank you for calling. All right. Uh, my uh, question is, I soak some beans sometimes, and they come out soft. So I wonder if there's something I can put it in there to keep them from being soft. They're too soft after you soak them. That's correct. Okay. Chef? Um, I, I guess my, my thoughts would be maybe reduce the amount of time that you have them soaked. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would think, because I actually had some soaking uh, last week, and uh, we had some on-campus caterings, and I forgot to remove them from the brine. And although they were still firm, they had started to split, and they were a little bit mushy. So I know that I left them soaking too long. So I would imagine that you know, if you reduce the amount of time that you leave them soak, that should help fix the problem. Yeah, and, and I have a couple of tips here from the Camellia Bean Company, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk about a overnight soak, and then there's also a one-hour soak, and you would bring water to a boil, a lot of water, like 10 cups of water to a, a boil for a pound of beans, and bring it back to a boil and boil it for two to three minutes Cover them and set them aside for an hour. Drain and rinse, and you're ready to go. Hmm. And then a, a three-hour hot soak. That would be like a hot soak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hot soak. And then a three-hour hot soak is bringing the water to a boil, adding the beans, returning it to a boil, and setting them at room temperature for two to three hours. So that's... Renee, how long are you soaking your beans? Uh, well, I did an overnight soak. It may have been about 12 hours. Mm-hmm. With yep. the cold water. Right, with cold water. And, Chef, how long do you, did you say you soaked your you we, brine we did, we did the same thing overnight, but I think, and this is just an assumption, that, you know, you, you hear people say that products improve with time. You uh-huh. know, like a bean that's real traditional may be able to take a longer soak, but a camellia bean, which has probably been a refined product, it may not really need that traditional 24 hours so it may yeah they, they it may recommend actually eight hours right or, I, I agree or overnight with mm-hmm. well renee thanks for calling i hope that helps uh oh. let us know how it goes uh do a little one hour or three hour soak call yeah. us back and should have fixed tell, tell her how that came huh i, said, I think that would fix it you yeah. think that fix it? i think that fix it. all right we've got another caller on the phone sue from beaumont hello sue hi how are y'all man we're good how about you well, I'll tell you how I cook those good camellia beans. You put them in a crock pot, and you cook them on low overnight. And I found that if you add any kind of tomato product, it hardens them up. So I don't add anything until they're like 98% done. And then you can add your um, uh, salt. And I add two tablespoons of grape jelly. It gives it, it uses a nice color and not a background flavor. That otherwise, sometimes red beans don't have much flavor. Sue, did you say grape jelly? Grape jelly. Wow, well, that's a first. 
aunt, people came to the best beans they ever ate. Well, there you go. Uh, Got to try it now. Uh, we, we may have to try it. First, on Deep South Dining, grape yeah. jelly and red beans. The crock pot uh, really interests me. I mean, that's the perfect use for a crock pot. Mm-hmm. How long do you cook them, Sue? You put them for about, oh, God, 10 hours or so. And they, they just come out creamy and nice. And uh, they don't, you don't have to fool with them. You just stir them once in a while. And um, it makes good gravy. And uh, that, that's the best way to do it. You don't have to be doing all that soaking and everything. Huh. Okay. That's a good one. That's great. Thanks so much for calling, and uh, we appreciate the tips. You know, I was just wondering, Chef, do you add your um, seasonings before, during, or after you cooked your beans? During. In the middle of. Mm -hmm. So once they're cooking, then you start to add salt Mm -hmm. and... Especially to to have depth of flavor, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You you don't want it to be buried beneath it. I mean, sometimes people use the seasoning to... To uh, flavor the, the water. The Holy Trinity, too. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, we'll just build it up like that. Mm-hmm. So do you uh, cook with the top on, top off? Uh, top on. Top on. Mm-hmm. So very slow. Very slow. Now, when you go outside this Saturday at mm-hmm. St. Andrew's School, what kind of gear are you going to use? As far as the cooking process? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll just use a, a, a turkey fry. You know, we'll, we'll have, the, have the burner, a uh, 20-gallon pot, and, and kind of go with it from there. Okay. Uh, I was just going to give a plug for the the festival. Actually, starts mm-hmm. at eleven o'clock and goes till three thirty. And they're going to be like fifteen to twenty red beans teams, okay. and they don't do the judging like we did well, anymore. Goodness. We hope yeah. not. <laughs> it's actually people's choice. Okay. So oh, all I, of it. Is yeah, it's all people's choice. I believe you know people like buy tickets and then they okay you know put them. In the bucket of each person. each person's red beans, okay. and you know, the money from the tickets goes to the stew pot, which is a fine organization. Definitely, and this is a pretty big festival. Yeah, it is. And you got some more details there. Well, it, this this says uh, the music is going to be Hunter Gibson, and then Chris Gill and the Soul Shakers. Our old buddy Chris, Chris Gill, Gill and Hunter. Hunter yeah. and the Gators, right? That's right, Hunter and the Gators. You got to have a little bit of music to go with your red, red beans and rice. Red beans, you got those uh, those red beans cooking. I love the song. I've got my red beans cooking. I didn't know you were a singer, Carol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty pitiful. But um, they, they're expecting they're expecting about a thousand to fifteen hundred people oh, wow. and um, wow. three hundred gallons of red beans. That's a lot of beans. That's a lot of beans. Yeah, because now we when we got the rider for the uh, the application. For I was thinking it was fourteen gallons of, of raw beans, but it's actually fourteen yeah. gallons of cooked beans. Okay, so ah. they actually tell you how much to mm-hmm. cook. Fourteen. We're responsible for fourteen gallons of cooked beans and seven gallons of cooked rice. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that you're coming to play. I can tell. Yes, we've done our research. All right, we got another caller on the line calling all the way from Mobile, Alabama, and it's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. Oh, wait a minute. Mikey's not quite there. It's a long way to Mobile. Hello, Mikey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised. I, I couldn't hear at first, and then all of a sudden, there you are. You're coming in loud and clear. Oh, good. Um, uh, I just wanted to add, um, I'm really enjoying this show. 
as usual. Um, but this particular topic is very near and dear to my heart. And uh, the brown rice is really great with red beans. But I wanted to also, you were talking about the um, plant-based burger earlier. I just thought that I'd bring up that you can also get some really great plant-based sausages um, in all different styles and different se- levels of seasoning and things. And I don't know, that's, it seems to me that with red beans and rice, that that's a perfect place to use use that kind of a thing absolutely have you can you name a few uh products that you've used that you know about of the plant-based sausages well the the easiest ones that i find are come from walmart um uh morning star farms has two of my favorites um but i especially like the the hot one uh-huh. now if, if you're not a pepper lover you might want to stick with just the regular kind of and those that's a patty and then they have the uh, um you know the tubular ones also Mm -hmm. so do you use only the plant base or you just experiment occasionally and also i I come from a a bunch of carnivores (laughs) (laughs) i just got i don't know i just gradually i got interested in it for health reasons and gradually got farther and farther away from eating animals for Mm -hmm. a number of reasons and i just I, i i I'm an occasional pescatarian. I'll eat a can of tuna maybe once a month. Oh, that's <laughs> good for you. Mm-hmm. Or a little salmon, you know, or something like that. And, of course, shrimp. I mean, I'm a, I am a Gulf Coast girl, you know. So, um, But uh, um, the meat thing is just, I'm just not that entranced by it. Uh, what about, is red beans and rice considered a, a local thing in, in Mobile like it is in New Orleans? Oh, you betcha, especially if you're one of seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> and is it a Monday Treat or is it an any day treat? It was whenever we could get it. Okay, All right. <laughs> and uh, I mean, more than once a week was fine with us because it was—it's it, always been a favorite. Well, thank you so much for calling, Mikey. We appreciate it. It's good to know there's an alternative to the to the basic pork sausage and the uh, andouilles and the tassos that we all use. And Malcolm, she brings up a great point we really haven't talked about. It's the economy of red beans and rice. Right. Red beans and rice are an affordable dish. Oh, definitely. I think you told me when you started down in New Orleans, they were 16 cents at Buster Homes. At old Buster Homes. <laughs> yeah, down but it's, it's a way to stretch your dollar. Definitely. That. Absolutely. Well, this has been fun. It has. Thanks, Chef. No Chef LeBron Alexander, the executive chef. I will. I appreciate it. From Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yes, and if anybody needs any other additional recipes, we have a ton of them on the website bcbsms.com all sorts of recipes also healthy choices definitely deep south dining is a production of the mississippi public broadcasting stink radio we are funded by generous contributions from people like you our show is produced by the one and only java chapman we appreciate our guest today chef lebron alexander and of course my cohort co-host and cohort carol puckett carol Have a great Monday, and we'll see you. You too, Mal. Let's go eat some red beans. I got my red beans cooking. (laughs) 